Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, Brendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at YouTube.com forward slash Steve and Larson. And available wherever podcasts can be found. Be sure to hit that subscribe button here if you're watching us on YouTube. And also smash that like button, preferably an odd number of times, so that we oh, can reach... Oh, no, just odd number of times. Even number of times, it won't stick. I'm not going to tell people what to do, man, especially in this Please. day and age. Brother. Uh, let's try to get this odd one up to 500 likes. And the only way we can get it to 500 likes is if you smash it an odd number of times. But if you want to do an even number of times, I'm not going to say you can't do that. You you got you do what you want to do. What do I care? I'm not gonna tell them they can't do that. I just ask like really sincerely, odd number of times, please. Thank you. And if you're listening to the audio realm, if you're listening to the audio realm, be sure to leave us a rating, review, or a comment. That goes a long way towards helping going in raw. And if you want to uh, leave us uh, a Matt Chat question, which is hey, this is Matt Chat. Uh, we're gonna be yeah. answering questions. Where do we find those questions, Larson? Uh, Patreon, specifically uh, $20 and up patrons. Uh, essential to the production of this episode of the show, and specifically this episode. Uh, so if you want to be an essential part of going into Raw Mad Chat, uh, $20 and up patrons, you get that comic book Steve had his, has in his pause right there. You get it's a comic book, the story of which can only be told in the page of the comic book. It would cost way too much money uh, to make that into a major motion picture, much less a TV show. An 8 by 10 signed by Larson, apparently. <laughs> you get a sticker of the OG uh, going in raw logo as well as a postcard. Uh, that one is at least probably signed by both of us. I think I've been giving out. Uh, maybe those are just for the $50 patrons. Anyways, uh, so yeah. Uh, and then if you want, yeah, like you said, you match that question. Uh, you can get answered right here on the show. Speaking of which, we got a bunch of questions today, Larson. Who's kicking us off? Matt Field's kicking us off. Let's see what Matt Field has to say. Hey, Stephen Larson. Hope you keep it safe. It's the British barman, Matt Field, with the Matt Chat question. Uh, my question today is um, with the WWE going back to live schedule now because of Vince McMahon's orders, what do you think it will take for him to be stopped in terms of what will convince him to put his wrestlers first before the money? Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Enjoy. Thank you, Matt Field. Thank you, Matt Field. Uh, so just in general, historically speaking, nothing has been able to convince nothing. Vince McMahon nothing. to put wrestlers before money, to put human lives before mm, money. His uh, bottom line. The only right, thing have- that'll convince him to uh, take into consideration the human element here is money. If no, he was, ex- explain yourself, because I'm I'm curious about what such a situation or a scenario would be. So please tell me what this would entail. I don't know if if his stock price tanked, if his uh, if if he was in danger of losing the the company. Man, so much of his business seems to be just stitched together in a in a remarkably short amount of time. Things have seemingly gone. South and he's able to pull a, a you know rabbit out of his hat every once in a while like this whole essential business uh, uh, business, <laughs> um, uh, but you know he had that ten year Saudi Arabia deal which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But uh-huh. uh, considering WWE Network isn't even uh, airing 
uh, in Saudi Arabia at this time. I'm not even sure how solid that deal is. And we've also heard that uh, they, they take a long time to actually pay the WWE. So who knows how solid that deal actually is. Uh, so yeah, unless he's, unless he's forced, um, unless he's forced to do it, uh, and in which case that's, you know, threatening his, his pocketbook, uh, then Vince is never going to put humans over money. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Never going to happen. Um, he's put wrestlers, uh, today's Tuesdays wrestling observer radio did a great job of breaking down the scenarios. WWE talents face themselves with currently. Uh, and it, it illuminates uh, how little seemingly Vince actually cares about the individual well-being uh, uh, of these wrestlers in comparison to keeping his fl- company afloat and making money. So one scenario, of course, is uh, they go to these weekly tapings and uh, resign themselves to the fact that they're going to have to reside in Orlando for the duration of these tapings. Uh, so uh, And so they go to the tapings, they go back to their hotel, quarantine for the week, and then repeat week after week not seeing their families at all. Second option, they do the taping on a weekly basis, fly back home, then go to a hotel to quarantine until the next taping. So effectively, you're living in your hometown in a hotel away from your family, not be able to see them because you're quarantining yourself. Next option, uh, you don't worry about quarantine. You do these shows, you fly home, and potentially risk exposing your entire family uh, to this virus. Not a good option. Lastly, uh, you tell Vince, not comfortable with this, and you risk uh, future retribution at the hands of Vince McMahon. Not a good scenario amongst any of them. Can I suggest one thing? What? So, like, we speak about this in terms of, is Vince putting wrestlers over money, money over wrestlers? Does he care about the wrestlers? I'm well, hold gonna on a second. Su- okay, sorry, continue. No, continue, continue. I'm going to suggest this. I'm not sure if it's a matter necessarily of what's in the man's heart. I think it might be more of a matter of he doesn't really trust that a lot of this stuff is real. And he's, it's so to him, it doesn't occur. Oh, people can really get hurt by this thing. And so I need to make sure. I wonder if he just thinks ah, they'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this isn't real. Uh, No. Like I said, the thing about him not believing in being sick, I think that's for him a, ma- a matter of mind over matter. If he if he feels like, well, I got a cold, I'll push through it. Uh, uh, sick is, is being sick is just a, a. It's all about how you shape one's reality. I think that's that's how I interpret. Not that he doesn't believe in germs, but that he just thinks being sick is 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 up here as opposed to uh, viruses and bacteria going through your bloodstream. Yeah, which still applies to what I said. To a degree, um, but um, it's not to, that's the same degree as like, I don't believe that what's going on now is a real threat. Um, uh, you know, it, it doesn't take, uh, I don't know how much he reads the papers, maybe not at all. And maybe that's more of an issue is, is not so much that he doesn't believe in illness, is that uh, he's so, because in Dark Side of the Ring, they said uh, Vince has, Jim Cornette speculated that Vince hasn't been to a movie theater in 40 years, hasn't been to a grocery store in 40 years. I don't know if he reads the news. I don't know if he follows up on anything apart from what's going on in his company. Well, I know he doesn't follow wrestling as a whole very much. Um, so maybe it's a situation where he is, I'm speculating here, ill-informed. Don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. I, I think that like, you know, I don't know. I, I think that he's just, I think that he's wired really, really oddly. And that's yes. not, and I'm not making an excuse for the guy because, you know, anybody with common sense, I just think that he doesn't have traditional common sense. I think yeah. he's got non-traditional, non-common sense. Um, and the thing about Vince, too, is I feel like here's there, the thing. there Sorry. is... Let, let me get this out real quick. Sorry. Let me get this out real quick. One thing that we do know about him is that, and this has been told many times over, he would, he would never ask a wrestler to do something he wouldn't do. Yeah. And so it's as if he holds the wrestlers to his own oddball standards. standards. He ain't... Dude, he's not staying at home. For oh, this know. stuff. And so his thing is, if I'm not going to stay at home, why wouldn't the wrestlers? Which is completely whack. Which is com- yeah. And I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm just saying, and he, I think this is also my thing, I'm not going to uh, uh, presume to understand what goes on in the guy's heart. Uh, that being said, his actions will lead us to the conclusion that 
he's he has no problem putting these people at risk. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think, continue your I point. Think, I, th- I think there is uh, some measure of humanity within the the vessel of Vince McMahon. Yeah, uh, uh, we've heard numerous stories of him having real human, uh, human. connections with people. Um, you know, sometimes fleeting, sometimes not. Uh, even Bernie Elise says you get on the phone with him and you can spend two hours talking to him. And it's a very person to person human interaction. Issue is that seems to exist in an entirely different universe in terms of how, than how he conducts his business. It seems like he, he compartmentalizes to such an extent his business is a self in his mind. His business is a self-contained thing, seemingly separate from the individuals who work for him. Um, and it seemed like he's already always kind of made that delineation. He can have personal relationships, friendships uh, with wrestlers uh, that work for him. Uh, that being said, uh, in situations like this, for example, he'll still say, all right, uh, we're going to we're going to go to work. You know, it'd be great. And, and you have four like really bad options on your on your on your table in terms of how you want to approach this. You know what I'd, I'd die for if I was a billionaire, I would ch- I would throw all the money in the world at Paul Thomas Anderson and Daniel Day-Lewis to make a Vince McMahon movie where you really get, because there are some really complex, odd things happening there. Yeah. And yeah. you'd want, you'd, you wouldn't want, you know, because there was talk of a, a Vince McMahon biopic that was then you like the, co-opted by the WWE. You want an unauthorized thing. Exactly. You need something that, or even even something akin to the master yeah. where you're taking by. a fiction, inspired by, exactly. But you really try to get to the root of Everything that's gone on in his life, everything we know of, everything we've heard of, and try to figure out what that what what that is, you know, yeah. whether it's yeah. here, here or, or a combination thereof, the head, the heart, whatever. Mm-hmm. What is this? Because everything about Vince and and a lot of stuff. I mean, look, pro wrestling is an oddball thing in the first place. It really yeah. is. The fact that it truly is, you know. There are some things that some forms of entertainment that just are are the natural byproduct of the advancement of technology and creativity. Movies, uh, TV, music, right? YouTube. Uh, yeah, no, as, as an extension of, of, of film narratives or, or film whatever. Wrestling is one of those weird things where it sprung up. It was legitimate. Then it was not legitimate. And it just went from there. And it is such a singularly odd thing. And it it's it's just chock full of weird personalities, and Vince McMahon is seemingly just sort of the epitome of all that. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see somebody try to tackle that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fascinating because yeah, Vince is a, a, a seemingly endlessly complex individual, mm-hmm. and try to get to the bottom of whatever his mental processes is for anything, what his mindset is for any decision is is like you need to. Yeah, that's a that's a movie unto itself. Mm-hmm. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Uh, next, got a question from Jacksonville's number one, Gian Halili. Hey there, friendos. This is Jacksonville's number one Matt Chatter. Gian Halili back with another Matt Chat question. Uh, this week, what I want to know is, uh, is Seth Rollins the right first opponent slash feud for Drew McIntyre? Uh, or could there have been another person? Uh, yeah, just curious what you guys think. Let me know your thoughts. Too sweet. 
too good. Everybody stay safe. Um, yeah, we'll get through it. Later, guys. Thank you, Gion Halili. Thank you, Gion. Is Seth the right first feud for Drew McIntyre? I say yes. Um, as mentioned in our Raw recap, uh, following his loss to Kevin Owens at WrestleMania, uh, there's a, a massive hole uh, in Seth Rollins right now. Um, he presents himself as the Monday Night Messiah, the savior of Monday Night Raw, uh, yet in this battle against Kevin Owens, uh, he lost. And in doing so, uh, his legitimacy as the savior of Monday Nights is in question. What better way to reestablish that legitimacy than getting the top title on Raw? Uh, so if you view the story through that prism, it makes all the sense in the world for Seth to feel entitled that he can jump to the front of the line, even though he just came off a loss to Kevin Owens. Because uh, he's he's out for a grander goal than just winning the title. He's out to prove that he can save the dang show itself. Um, so uh, in that sense, yes. And how many times have we seen, I've talked about this a while back, uh, how many times have we seen someone win the title and then their first feud after winning is kind of a letdown? Yeah, Daniel sure. Bryan went through three Hall of Famers at WrestleMania 30. And I know he had history with Kane, and Kane is awesome. Feuding with, K- with Kane after beating Triple H, Batista, Randy Orton one night, bit of a letdown. Yeah, and um, even the way they framed that, it was like yeah. st- it was like in the mid-card. It was very yeah. much sort of buried within the first episode back, yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, I'm happy they've gotten away from that. Not to say your answer is a step down. I love Andrade. Um, but if you want to establish Drew immediately as a main event guy, he's got to be fighting exclusively main event talent. Um, and uh, Andrade's got all the potential in the world to be a huge main event talent, WB. Right now, he's holding the mid-card title. Um, so uh, if they'd done the situation, as I presented on the Raw recap, where we have this match, Andrade versus Drew, you don't spend the time building up Andrade's faction yet. Andrade takes the L. And in response to that loss on Raw, that's when they really start pushing the faction. So parallel to Drew's story with Seth, you have Andrade establishing himself with his guys and Zelina Vega as his kind of uh, Ingobernables type faction in WWE. Then in a couple of months, three, four, five, six months, you come back around after that faction has dominated Raw for several months, come back around, he steps up to Drew again. I think that would be a pretty fun story if they approach it that way. Uh, in the meantime, I think Seth versus Drew double thumbs up i see your point about uh wanting to get him in there with a main eventer i think that right now is the perfect time to strike with andrade in that role because seth has been in that role for a long time and what better way to establish andrade in this role than to immediately he forms this great faction i mean it's all kind of weird right now anyways with no crowds and and who knows who's available to be at the performance center but uh but i think you know establishing andrade and his and his cohorts as this faction that's sort of seeping through the WWE. I kind of would even love to see Carrillo join them and turn uh, turn heel um, to be sort of their mid-card guy while Andrade establishes him in the main event. You don't see enough times where guys come up through uh, the mid-card to the, to the top. To, like, it just, it, things seem so weird and random these days, how, like, they escalate up to the main card. We need another main event heel. We need another one because there just aren't enough. Because after Seth Rollins, who is there? Well, I think I think also if, if you went with the, the slow burn on Andrade's faction, rather than just spending uh, three quarters of one Raw building them up and only have Andrade lose in the main event, um, then you have a situation where you take your time with it. You really build them up over the course of months. So by the time, it's not like a sudden push of Andrade up to the main event for an episode of Raw and then back down to, 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 to the mid-card or upper mid-card because he's going to be in and out of the main event scene potentially. You take your time. You really take your time building that faction up. So when three, four, five, six months rolls around, uh, they've dominated the show for that whole stretch of time. He steps up to Drew and you're like, okay, I, this, is, this is totally believable that Andrade could step in the ring against Drew right now and actually win. Whereas last night, we knew there was no chance of that happening. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, they have history. And the, know, you know, know that that history was was directly referenced throughout the show. Now, should they have had should that match have happened, um, you know, in the main event of the same episode where he challenges them? No, I just think that, like, the first feud should have gone all the way to at least money in the bank where you can have Drew versus Andrade um, and then one of Andrade's representatives in the money in the bank match. Um, 
And so, which that's not going to happen because Theory's going to lose. Um, so I don't know. I think that I think that that Andrade is ready for the main event. I think that him stepping to Drew, I think, would be a great idea. And then you do Seth at SummerSlam and have Seth, meanwhile, do other stuff in the meantime. Because once you're done with Seth, it's like maybe at that point, like, you know, like you're saying with Andrade, maybe at that point he's going to be ready to go by like, but then you're looking at like SummerSlam. And I just, I don't know. I, I like Andrade for right now because he brings like other people into the fold. And on top of that, if you're bringing Andrade up to the main event now, you're just sort of fast tracking as well. Austin Theory and Angel Garza up with him. And then they can sort of put their their stamp on the mid card. Um, I don't know. I just, I like that better because I, I, I always love to see when, when they put a fresh face in a fresh face in a main event scene. I love that because dude, Andrade has, he's been basically an upper mid card heel for a yeah. long time now. Yeah, yeah. It's been I mean, look, too look, long. Like I'm there's not, been, not. there's been an Andrade slow burn to this point. He's ready to take that step now, and not I'll, six months dis- from now. I don't disagree with you on that, that he's, he is potentially ready, but just the way things were booked. I mean, I can only take with what they gave us on raw last night where they set us up for something really cool at the end. Oh, yeah, Andrade is not quite ready to, to compete really with Drew. Um, that's why I said. That's why I thought. Take your time with it. By the time Survivor Series rolls around, seven months from now, you come back around to it. That's seven months of building up Andrade, Garza, uh, Theory, who's brand new. Theory is brand new to Raw audiences. They know nothing about this guy. He's brand new to NXT audiences too. Uh, Zelina, you take that time to build them together, not just Andrade. Andrade's established. Build them all together, um, so they're a real force. Uh, when they step up to Drew, um, I don't know. I just feel like by that point they're firmly established, uh, more of a threat to Drew than something that's just shoved together for the really the first time we see them together uh, uh, on on one night. Just my take. Andrade now, Seth later. Who's next? Seth now, Andrade later. But right now, Christopher Rampersad, take it away, Christopher. Hello, Stephen Larson. So my question is: Since Hulk Hogan want to make a wrestling appearance or a wrestling match, should they do like a boneyard style? match with the undertaker something that they can edit out or fix up for hogan what do you guys think thank you christopher rappersod thank you christopher go ahead steve uh so i'll be honest like before he had said uh we don't need a vaccine we just need god i would have been like yeah sure why not i mean the dude he's been (laughs) you know yeah why not you know uh, hogan i think can still be entertaining I'm like, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, he, he I feel like he, he paid his penance for all the crappy things he said before. Uh, so, yeah, I'd have been down with it. But you can't you can't be going around saying that all these people are dying. They don't really need a vaccine now. You got to just give it to God. That just that just indicates he's going kind of crazy. And so I'd probably say no, no, he doesn't need a boneyard match. But I'll, I'll be lying if I said I wouldn't have been entertained by a Hogan boneyard match prior to this. Not interested. It's not interested. Not interested in seeing Hogan on my TV screen anymore. Just not. I mean, he might occasionally bring something like the 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 bit with Nakamura. That was funny. But like that's like one entertaining, intentionally entertaining thing he's done. I don't know in like fifteen years. I mean, at WrestleMania thirty, that opening segment, it was funny. We kept screwing up the name of the venue. That was unintentional. Oh, I like um, that segment with those guys. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, because it's like a lot of star power in the ring at the time. That was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, still, I'm just kind of done with Hogan, generally speaking. Just kind of done with him. Don't really want to see him on my TV screen. Doesn't really bring a lot. Uh, you know, he gets. I still get the sense he's just in it for himself. Doesn't really care about anybody else. He just wants the spotlight. Uh, and I just, I just, that's not what I want for my wrestling now. It's not what I want. That's it. So no, I wouldn't be interested in that. Also, I mean, even 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 in a boneyard match, it'd be painful to watch him try to do anything in that. His back is is way jacked up, man. Well, he uses a stunt double for most of it. Ah, even that, man, I don't want to see it. Uh, next, I have a question from Ao Worm. Let's see what Ao Worm has to say. What's good, everybody? It's your boy Ao Worm here with another match chat question. All right, Steve Larson. So after watching the Vice Dark Side of the Ring episode on Brawl for All, um, I would have to ask the question of not just in the sense of the brawl fall but just like in the business ass points if you guys had a wrestling company who would you hire 
as your head writer? Would you hire Jim Cornette or would you hire Vince Russo? Let me know what you guys think. You guys take it easy. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Too good, me brother. Thank you, A.O. Worm. Thank you, Worm. Ow. It's hit my funny bone. That hurt. This is a this is a predicament AO Worm puts us in. Uh to to uh guys who have their fair share of baggage attached to them if you want to bring them in to be your head writer. Um that being said, I guess I'd have to go with Vince Russo just because if I hired Jim Cornette, we'd be constantly butting heads because I'd want to do something and he'd be like, Well, you can't do that because you're gonna expose the business. I don't want to hear that. Could Whereas be. I feel like Vince Russo would be, okay, yeah, totally cool. Uh-huh. It'd, be, it'd be a situation where he would have some crazy idea, and I would tell him, sorry, Vince, we're not going to do that. That's yeah. too much. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Cornette, if I had any kind of idea that's even slightly out of his definition of professional wrestling, he would just go off on me. Don't want to deal with that. Don't want to deal with that. I'd, I guess I'd rather have someone like Vince Russo who may have you know, a thousand ideas and five good ones as opposed to Cornette, who thinks there's one idea that I have to adhere to. So in terms of creative flexibility, I feel like Vince Russo would probably be the easier person to work with. Maybe. Uh, the problem with Russo that I see is... I'll, 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 so my answer, and mainly because you wrote yours first, but it's kind of, it's kind of a toss-up, to be honest with you. Yeah. The pro- it's not an easy choice. The problem with Russo that I haven't heard... so. The thing about Cornette is that, yeah, apparently he's a bit of a hothead. He has some anger management issues. Um, the thing about Russo, seemingly, dude, is that he is a massive liar. Yeah. Like, we've, this is something that, that we have heard. Like, he's never lied to me personally. But this is something that I, you know have, that, <laughs> that I know of. This is something that we've heard. It's something mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I think was kind of obvious in the Montreal Screwjob episode of Dark Side mm-hmm, of the Ring when mm-hmm. uh, Russo was taking credit for the Screwjob idea. And, yeah, and yeah it was he's, obvious. he's probably allergic to the truth, yeah. Yeah, and so that to me would be a big problem. Trying to sleep at night. On, if Because these are probably some big decisions to be made, and I don't yeah. want to be lied to about these things, totally. right? Yeah. The thing about Cornette, so I totally understand what you're saying, but the thing is, I think that, number one, I think that one way I would be interested in working with Cornette is he is obviously a goldmine of wrestling history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Understanding what I'm getting into, I would say, look, throw me some, pitch me some ideas that harken back to some of the cooler stuff from like the 1930s or the 1940s. Mm-hmm. Pitch me some angles that we can revisit, but put kind of a modern twist on it. And I think that the guy would probably be open to something like that. Um, I mean, would I get screamed at a lot? Maybe that's, you know, possibly. But um, but I don't know. That to me would be more fascinating. And on top of that, the the thing that kind of surprised me that I think you'll be uh, 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 not happy about is the fact that Vince Russo evidently doesn't even like wrestling and you are a huge fan of what telling stories in, in the, ring. the ring you didn't want anybody talking on aew dynamite you didn't want any vignettes no segments you wanted everything to be told in the ring and you would be butting heads with vince russo left and right with that because you'd be like dude you just wrote me a script and there's only two three minute wrestling matches in this that's that's when he he has a free hand to do whatever he wants. I'll say this: Vince Russo is at least partially responsible for the greatest pay per view of all time, Survivor Series '98, and a lot of the stories on that show were told where in the ring. Oh, uh, I don't know. You got to revisit. Yeah, I think you need to go back and revisit that pay per view. So, I or think, maybe you I think shouldn't it, just so you keep it. You, 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 that, it's so perfect in my mind. I don't want to watch it ever again. I watched um, the ending of it the other day. I was like, really? This was the ending of this? Yeah, man. When McMahon um, ran into the ring and like called the bell, yeah, it was because it was a year after the Montreal Screwjob. I know what it was, but the fans were like, "Oh, come on." Um, uh, but you know, I, 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 I would rather have a freer, uh, more freedom to do what I would want to do, which wouldn't always adhere to traditional wrestling norms. What are you gonna do that's so out of the out of the norm of tradition, man? 
if I want to have someone on there wrestling a bear, then you, that's what I want to do. I'll yell at you for that one. That talk. Wait a second. That first question we're talking about Vince McMahon not caring about his wrestlers, and now the promoter and Larson is talking about his wrestlers wrestling yeah, a bear. I'll give an example. The first what a hypocrite. It would probably just be a person in a bear suit, but really convincing one, so no one would know it's not a real bear. Um, uh, uh, if I want to do something that's just outside the norm, if I want to have like the like I couldn't bring in the young bucks at all because Jim Cornette be like, oh, they they expose the business, kill the business. You're not bringing them in anyways. They're an AEW man. They can still work any dates, maybe. Um, just using that that as an example. Like I, it had to be uh, uh, believe believable fights uh, uh, it, it, with stories that would fool the crowd. What's wrong with that? That sounds that's amazing fine. to me. That is one. That's one form of wrestling that I find entertaining. Yeah. I like various types of wrestling. I like the Young Bucks wrestling too, where it's not just a believable fight. They're doing cool uh, stuff, telling different doing, kinds of stories. Spot monkeys, man. They're spot. Oh, monkeys. they're not. They're telling stories. They're, it might not be stories of working limbs. It's stories, personal passe. relationships. That's bad. I they're like ruining that the business. Do you want no, to make money not. in Get this business? Do you want to advance this business? I yeah, bring I in like New Jack. Jim Cornette, that's oh, my I'm brain sure. trust. <laughs> I'm sure Jim he's, Cornette would love that. Dude, he started laughing. Oh my I god, know. he's stabbing a guy. <laughs> oh my god, he's stabbing a guy. <laughs> oh, uh, that man. being said, it's not an easy, easy decision. I'd prefer to have neither of them under my employee as my head writer. Okay, so from the current, you know, I'd hire Jimmy Jacobs. Yeah. That's what I'd do. Yeah. Or Pritchard. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Bischoff, how about that? <laughs> hey, Bruce Pritchard is probably the guy, the architect of the Otis storyline. So I, I'm not gonna, maybe I'm not gonna say goodbye to Bruce Pritchard just yet. I'd hire, I'd hire uh, Wyndham Rotunda as my head writer. I, you know what I would do? My brain trust would be Pritchard and Conrad because every time Pritchard comes up with a bad idea, Conrad would be there to say, Bruce, what, what the, the fuck? fuck, Bruce, <laughs> Bruce, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, next guy, question from Philly Flexer. Hey, Josh, your boy Philly Flexer at work today. Um, first things first, shout out to Pat. I didn't get to say nothing to you at the, um, an overrun, so it's going to get better for you, bro. Just keep it up. Keep your head up. Anyways, um, I want to talk about the Street Profits and Bianca Belair. Um, I feel like Bianca is going to be the biggest star out of all of those, but I hope that she doesn't get the Naomi treatment to where she's associated with the Street Profits like Naomi's associated with the Usos to where if the Usos off TV, Naomi's off TV. That would not be fair to Bianca. So, I don't know, guys. Y'all let me know. Is Bianca going to be a big enough star to where she can stray off on her own and be her own thing? Or is she going to be one of those who's kind of get latched on to a group? And if you don't see that group, you don't see her. Two gummy brothers. Thank you, Philly Flexer. Thank you, Philly Flexer. I go Do first. I go first? I go first. You oh, said you Russo first, right? first. All right, go ahead then. All right, man. So, I'm going to say that... Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that it's sort of like a little bit of both, to be honest with you. I think that she will be a big star, but I think she will make them better and probably vice versa as well. I think that her, you know, obviously the chemistry she has with her husband is pretty great. Uh, I think there's a lot to mine there with Angelo Dawkins being the third wheel guy. Um, I think that I really liked, granted it was one segment, but I really liked that Montez was acting a bit of a clown. And then she says, hey, bring it down a notch. Have you even beaten them yet? Uh, and so that's that's the kind of thing that if she can if she can be the force that sort of keeps them on the straight and narrow on the winning path, um, you know, add to that, you know, obviously some of their uh, comedic overtones their you know, the, the fact that they're all really good at their matches, at their jobs. I just kind of wonder. Like you have a tag team, you got, uh, you know, obviously she could be vying for that women's champion at any time, uh, championship. Uh, do you add another person as like a singles guy? I don't know who that could be if you would do that. Um, but I think there, there's, there's maybe something there you could work with in terms of like a four person faction. I just don't know who that other piece would be. Uh, so, but no, I think that regardless, she'll be fine. I like her with them. I think they're great, and uh, they're all—they're—they're they're all. You're looking at sort of some big future pieces of the industry mm-hmm. right there. True, true. I like how they—they—they they, they really uh, uh, handled her appearance last night, where they're—they're they're goofing off too much. She says, "Hey, get serious. You've never beat the Viking Raiders. 
uh, what'd she say, get in the game and get that smoke. Her eye uh, is on the prize, and that's what I like. Exactly. If uh, she can work to, in storyline, keep them focused, um, you know, she's such a, a huge personality, such an engaging personality, has so much charisma. Um, she's going to uh, uh, endear herself to the audience. Um, she's really good in the ring. Um, so I don't think there's any risk that she could kind of get lost in the shuffle so much. Mm. She will, she'll be fine establishing herself uh, in the women's division outside of whatever she's doing with the Street Profits. I think so long as they give her matches and, and a steady stream of matches in a, in a pretty short order, I think she'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, next, got a question from Cult of False Realities. What's good, Steve Larson? All the friendos out there. It is at the Cult of False Realities. Back with another Matt Chat question. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now in a wrestling renaissance because of this pandemic. We don't get to see all the people that we usually do. So my question is, should WWE specifically be using this time to actually push newer talent, people that we haven't seen? And part two of this is who are three male, female, and tag team talents that sh you think should get basically get picked up and if you can actually find some talent to be put into tag teams as well because tag team is looking tag team division is looking a little sparse but thanks guys thank you cult of false realities i guess thank i go first yeah yes um i think the most uh, immediate beneficiaries of what's going on in terms of wb shooting at the performance center is anybody who lives locally in orlando to hootie miles um, yeah he's had a couple of uh, tv matches of late um so i think if you live in Central Florida, um, it's not a situation you have to fly in, worry about quarantining yourself before uh, after uh, TV tapings. Um, you're going to get a lot of work. Uh, so that being said, uh, Apollo Crews looks like he's in line for a, a spot in Money of the Bank. That could be a great showcase for him. Uh, use that as a launching pad to do something more with him. Dude's got all the talent in the world. Yep. We've only seen little glimpses of his personality. I always go back to that pose off against Bob Lashley where he was fantastic. He was really, really good in that segment. Um, give him that kind of spotlight. Uh, you know, let him have the type of matches like he had with Alistair a couple weeks back on Raw because that was really good. Uh, dude has all the ingredients. Uh, he just needs to be given an opportunity to showcase all that he can do. Let him come up with a character. Work with Paul Heyman to come up with a character. Something. Mm -hmm. Um that's kind of the missing piece. If he has, if he has a character, if he has a through line with which he uses for his promos and therefore his matches, that's consistent. Uh, dude's got all the potential in the world to be a huge star. So yep. uh, push the heck out of Apollo Cruz. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to say this. Uh, yeah, is it time to push new stars? Sure. Is it also time to mix things up a little bit? I think maybe uh, I would finally uh, pull the trigger on Big E going after the Intercontinental Championship. I think you get the new date. When is Xavier Woods is not scheduled to come back to like October, right? Or something yeah, like that. It's probably a ways yeah. off. That's fine. Um, you get the new day in there against the Artist Collective. Uh, you get Big E trying to get that IC title and eventually succeeding, getting it off of Sami Zayn. You start elevating him, not as a solo guy, but as a guy who's going after solo gold within the new day. Mm -hmm. um, I think people would really, really get behind that. Maybe it's the kind of thing you want to wait until you have crowds because I also kind of feel like it's the kind of thing where you need the the crowd groundswell yeah. to really emphasize, you know, this storyline. But uh, I definitely think it's time to shake things up. I think it's time that you you look at some people and say, okay, well, it's been this long that we've been doing this with them. Maybe we can try something different. That's why I'm willing to give this uh, Mustafa Ali, if it's him, as hacker thing a try. Hopefully they're letting him take a little bit of the creative on it and uh, and they can make something cool out of it. Not encouraged by the early uh, results, but I want to see a little bit more of it. The bottom line is the guy's a terrific wrestler and in the end. That's yes. sort of what it boils down to. So I'd like to see Mustafa Ali also. I want to see this play out. We didn't see any of them on, uh, on SmackDown, I don't think. Um, they, we, we, there was no, there wasn't even any glitches on SmackDown, was there? Nope. Yeah. So, uh, so that's what I'd like to see. All right. Uh, next, we've got a question from Rich. Friendos, you must take one of three major events in wrestling history and delete it and act as if it never happened, and then kayfabe what you think would have happened instead. Your three options: 
Hogan joining the new, new, new world order. Your second option is Austin winning the 96 King of the Ring. And of course, number three is the infamous Montreal Screwjob. Couldn't really think of a whole lot. Sporting the Friendo Club, which by the way, uh, someone asked me yesterday if it was a knock on Bullet Club. So good job, Friendos. But let me know, guys. As always, do you good me, brothers? Stay safe. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Rich. I go first. Yeah. Uh, so I would say this, I think that Hogan joining the NWO was essential business, um, for the Monday night wars. I think that, uh, all the cool back and forth, everybody stepping up their game sprang from that. Uh, so you can't delete that. Uh, I'd say that the Montreal screw job gave us, uh, evil Vince. You can't delete that. Uh, and so I, I do think the one thing that you could totally get rid of and nothing would have changed would have been King of the Ring. I don't think that I don't think that Austin's career was predicated on him dropping the 316 promo. Yeah, you uh, would have got that shirt though. <laughs> that's true. I'm not gonna I won't disagree with that. But yeah, the I shirt was kind of a huge deal. But yeah, the shirt he would have had a cool shirt regardless. The shirt didn't make the man, dude, because it was shortly after that that look. There is no, there is no reason he couldn't have had number one. This was kind of outlined. Uh, they talked about promos. The, I, I really can't wait till you watch the uh, Broken Skull with uh, Ric Flair, because uh, Austin talks about promos with Ric Flair, and uh, and you know, look, if he didn't say three sixteen on that day, another day in that time period, he would have dropped a fire promo. They'd have made a shirt out of that. And, and it would have been off and running regardless. It wasn't connected him and uh, Bret Hart. They were still, uh, Austin started running down Bret Hart a couple months after the King of the Ring, and that kicked off things. I don't really think it would have mattered. I mean, Triple H was in line to win King of the Ring. Austin probably would have had a good showing. Maybe Austin and Jake Roberts would have had a thing away from King of the Ring, and he still would have dropped that promo. Either way, that one moment was not singular enough to derail the, the 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 career of Stone Cold Steve Austin had it not happened. I do think that Hogan joining the NWO was was an essential moment, and I think the Montreal screw job was an essential moment. Now with the Montreal screw job, maybe, maybe if Vince had convinced Brett to uh to uh do a work that he was screwed, uh uh, and Vince comes out there and plays the character of Mr. McMahon, then maybe that would have been, you know, something that you could get rid of kind of, and you'd still have things happen. But Vince coming out of that looking like a prick really kicked things off for his character and, and how he collided with Austin later on. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say the one thing you can delete is King of the ring 96. I just don't think it was that essential. I think Austin would have blown up regardless. No, nah, man, have sting join the NWO. He's the third man, brother. Um, because, yeah, the shock of Hogan turning heel was huge. But, uh, you know, it, Sting turning heel wouldn't have been quite the deal. It wouldn't have been close. The, I, I think for the entire run, Sting was a WCW. He was a face the entire time, too. It still would have been pretty shocking to see Sting, the franchise, turn his back on the company. That still would have been pretty cool. And also, you don't have to worry about Sting. He, by all indications, he wasn't a politicker. Uh, he, he was a company guy. Um, you wouldn't have him backstage politicking for his own benefit. Uh, at the at the you know at the expense of stories being told uh you know just to to one instance star k97 granted sting wouldn't have fought himself unless they would have done sting versus wcw sting um then uh that could have been interesting but he would have politic to have the finish change to make himself look better he would have told the story as it was written there's one problem with your premise though man what they tried to get sting to be a bad guy at one point and it just didn't work I think Wait. they literally did it for like a week or two. It was like it was like on a what culture list. I didn't even remember it. That was like in the the, the 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 final days of WCW, wasn't it? Oh, I think it was closer to like '99. I think I could be wrong about that. No, man, Sting, you're all you're you're almost maybe there. There was one other name. There's one other name that might have had the same impact as Hogan, and it wasn't Sting. Ooh. Oh, Macho Man! Could no, you imagine? It was a, it was a heel for years in WWE. Could you imagine though? Could you imagine if prior to uh, Bash of the Beach, right? 
Macho Man, who who was aligned with WCW, and yep. he was like, "Oh no, I'm gonna, you know, I'm 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 gonna join with uh, Luger and Sting." If like he was mysteriously laid out in the back, right? Yeah. And you got uh, Nash and Hall, and they're beating up on stupid Luger and Sting, right? And yep. then out comes uh 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 uh, uh Macho Man. And it's like he's limping and he's, you know, he's working and he's selling it really good. And then he turns on WCW. That would have been a much bigger deal than Sting. No, I don't think so. Because Macho Man is always kind of a wild card anyways. It would not be that huge of a stretch to see him turn on somebody. He was way cooler than Sting, though. Sting was just kind of a nerd. I don't don't think think he could portray a bad guy. Remember when he was in Wolfpack as like a tweener? Yeah, but it was the whole vibe of Wolfpack was too goofy for that. Imagine if he had done... Crow Sting, not talking, beating people up, and just did that as leader of NWO, just like menacing. Man, a few words. That could have been cool. Yeah, but that sort of doesn't vibe with like the party guy atmosphere of the outsiders, does it? No, but it could be an interesting uh, dichotomy or give and take there where you have uh, the outsiders who can be scary in their own right when they want to be, but also kind of casual and a little jokey jokey. But at the end of the day, they're going to beat you up. Whereas Sting, he puts no forth no pretense that he's fun in any by any stretch of the imagination. He just wants to beat you up. Okay, for the sake of this kind of a fun argument, I'm going to make another point. Which All right, completely. I've already destroyed your argument, but I'm going to make another one to pile. Well, I have to guy. give you Austin. You're the Austin guy, so I'm just trying. To, we can't have the same answer. Wait, Austin? What are you talking about, Austin? The Austin, King of the Ring. Wait a second, you wrote your answer down first. I know. That's what I said. I was going to take Austin because you you you're the Stone Cold guy. You're oh, the Stone Cold. oh. We can't okay. have the same answer for this. That's not fun. Okay, wait a second. What is your real answer? It probably be Austin. Oh, yeah. I thought you were being real here. No, I'm trying to put forth a fun argument. That's it. Okay, cool. Okay. Here's my other point then. Wait, so are you believing what I'm saying right now? Whatever. Just go ahead. Okay. Listen. Hogan, the thing about Hogan, the re- the reason why Hogan was the perfect third man, Listen, brother. I understand 100% why Hogan was a perfect guy. I understand. Why? You Tell don't have me. to convince me of it. Tell me. Because he was the face of wrestling and was a good guy for a decade. I understand. And on top of that, because he had, like, I think everybody knew he had, like, creative control. <laughs> it's like, uh-oh, he's on the bad guy side now. It made all the, I know why Hogan Sorry, was Sorry, man, guy. I didn't mean to get y'all worked up there. I'm not worked up. You're oh, starting to get me worked up now, though. Oh, no, you're getting worked up? Because you're insistent I am worked up, but I'm not. But now you're, you're pushing my buttons a little bit. Let's move on to Stephen M's question before this gets out of, out of hand. Okay. All right. You done? I'm, I'm done. I love you, man. I'm sorry. I thought we were having a fun wrestling discussion, and then you started yelling at me. No fun. You made it not fun anymore. <laughs> I was trying to make it fun, but I have a different answer, but then you made it not fun. Oh, no. Uh, Stephen M's got a question. Let's uh, see what Stephen M has to say. What's going on, friendos? It's been a minute, and I keep forgetting to submit questions and the day change and stuff like that. So mine this week is, who do you want to see get one of those star-making performances um, if in AW slash maybe WWE as well? From say we've seen Apollo Cruz and Alistair Black, and now we've seen um, Sean Spears kick out two crossroads, which was insane. That popped me. So who do you think like on and Britt Baker as well on the losing end? But like that sort of starts rising their stock. And also, what do you want to see from the final delete the elite deletion? I mean, uh, with Chris Jericho, should we see the different iterations of Jericho? Thank you, Stephen M. Thank you, Stephen M. Oh, I go first. Uh, Buddy Murphy, I think. Uh, oh, sorry, Murphy. M- Murphy. Murphy. Um, Bill Murphy. I, I think he's going to have a hell of a match against Ray next week on Raw. Uh, we've already seen him have a, 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 a get some good rub from Roman in a loss on SmackDown. He's gotten a good rub from Daniel Bryan in a win. Um, he just needs to, A, have matches on TV on a more regular basis. B, start winning some of those matches after getting the rub in a loss. So I think he'll have a really a hell of a heck of a match against Ray this week. Uh, hopefully give us momentum, carry through. He should have a feud with Seth Rollins. I think those two guys should could have some really good matches rather than just dropping this whole disciple thing, seemingly. Man, I'm not I'm not convinced that he's gonna lose to Ray. I mean I'm not yeah, convinced either. He but, probably will, but I'm not yeah. convinced, man. They might have him go ahead. It's entirely possible. Uh as a uh, uh, the elite deletion thing, yeah, give us all the versions of Jericho. I think that'd be pretty fun. That's a great idea. I really like that. Uh, unless, unless there's certain aspects of certain Jericho characters they can't implement because WWE has some IP rights to it or something. Otherwise, hey, that didn't stop of, them uh, from doing that at a. I know, whatever it was, double or nothing. Yeah, double or nothing. 
I'm going to say this, man. I'm going to say Austin Theory is going to look really good in a loss against Aleister Black. And I wonder... I wonder... Boy, it'd be shocking. What about this? I'm going to change my... Oh, that's... Okay, that's different. Um, What if you have... If you really want to assert... Look, Andrade just jumped out to Drew in like five minutes last night, right? On Monday. Mm Mm-hmm. What if to get a win that means something? What if that faction interferes and costs Alistair Black the match? It's entirely possible. I that gets a I thing. Considered that with Alistair Black into a thing with Andrade. Yeah, and then Alistair Black picks up his first U.S. title, and then who goes up to the main event scene? Andrade. Andrade. Figure it out, man. There you go. Uh, as far as uh, the elite deletion, I want one thing, man. I want Vanguard One to join the inner circle. Look, all these contracts are tying up these wrestlers for far too long. I want to go back to the days of the one-year contract. I want to go back to the days where these wrestlers are on SID deals, where basically they just go wherever they want, no, whenever they want to. SID would just quit, man. He, he wasn't just- on like... He wasn't on like a, a, a month-to-month or a 10-day contract. He was in the middle of probably a multi-year deal. I was like, no, nah, I'm just not showing up anymore. <laughs> And nobody cared. Nobody just, it's the thing. I don't think anybody just, no one cared. Yeah. Like, I want uh, them to go Sid, back to that. Yeah, he, Sid could be a main eventer, but he's not going to move the needle for anybody. So just let him go. You know? You think the fact that the WWE's business model is falling apart, that's going to lead to like some shorter or smaller contracts, isn't it? Yeah, and less money. Yeah. Uh, next, got a bunch of text questions. First from Doc Hensla. He asks, so Seth gets the title shot after a loss, but what about Kevin Owens? What program do you believe uh, he will do next. Go ahead, Steve. Well, I know I just contradicted this, but because uh, I think it might be Alistair Black versus Andrade if they cost him that match against Austin mm-hmm. Theory. That being said, Kevin Owens versus Andrade for the U.S. title. He alluded to becoming a prize fighter again. Andrade is basically trying to do the same thing that Seth was doing. He's amassing his own group of followers. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kevin Owens wants to stop this before it gets too bad. I'm going to say uh, Kevin Owens is still getting in on this business where Seth steps up to Drew and Kevin Owens is like, hey, I beat you. I'm still, I may have beat you, but, uh, you know, I, might, I, I guess he did just say, you know, I'm, I'm uh, uh, past Seth. I'm looking on to be the prize fighter or go after the people like Seth. But he realized, well, the, the specter, the threat of Seth is not gone. I need to get involved in this. Mm-hmm, yeah, sure. And so he got some, uh, a triple threat match or something. You get endless six-man tag matches. Yeah, but as I said earlier, it makes all the sense in the world for me, at least, for Seth to feel like, oh, I'm just going to skip to the head of the line because he feels like he's fighting for something larger, more important than just the title. But the title validates everything that he wants to do. Agreed. Uh, uh, next, Aaron Washer, he asks, after watching Dark Side of the Ring brawl for all, I kept thinking about what Cornette said to Russo about him blowing $5 million, <laughs> which Aaron presumes is mostly Dr. Death's contract. I think that was just a number he pulled out of what he thought the company could have made off Dr. Death. Um, probably short of Stone Cold, maybe, I don't know, maybe just Stone Cold. I don't think anybody was making that kind of money back then. Yeah, no. Um, so his question is, what are five other prominent big money contract flops in wrestling? I got a few. Uh, Steiner and WWE. You just have one, so I'll just run through mine real, real Yeah, quick. sure. Uh, Goldberg's first WWE run. Uh, Vader and WWF. Uh, Warriors return to WCW. Oh, that's a good one. I wonder what his actual pay was. Probably, huge. probably huge. That's then, a good one. And then finally, Brett, when he went to WCW. They gave yeah. him a ton of money and didn't do anything with it. And he was just, yeah. And he was like a shell of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those last two especially are good. I wonder, I, I would suspect Vader didn't get that much money to go to WCW. Oh, probably not, but I would, I would think that at least in some circles... Uh, wrestling reporting that was probably seen as a pretty huge acquisition for WWE based on what he had done in Japan and then WCW. You know, he was just booked as basically unbeatable for large, long stretches. So, um, so uh, I, this is this is absolutely shocking. Hogan's 1998 contract uh, for mm-hmm. WCW is like 1998, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you already had a wealth of younger guys who were just like hot right mm-hmm. what kind of leverage did hogan really have what could what did would vince have really wanted hogan back like if 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 wcw said said if they said look 
We like you, Hogan, and we can use you. If Bischoff had been like somewhat divorced emotionally of Hogan, which apparently he wasn't. Yeah. If he had said, hey, look, we love you, but this creative control clause is eating us alive. It's creatively speaking, Mm -hmm. it's destroying us. Mm-hmm. because it was honestly like, I understand that there are a lot of other things. We did a whole top 10 list ages ago, the things that killed WCW, but honestly, creatively speaking, and I do believe that a lot of it just boils down to creative, yeah. his creative control clause, where there was that Nash gif doesn't work for me, brother, <laughs> put such a chokehold on the company. And in 1998, he had sort of, he had sort of done everything. And maybe they just thought, oh, the NWO is the biggest thing. If we lose Hogan now, that's a big chunk of the NWO. I get that. I mean, that's the year that he he had his big match against Goldberg. He put Goldberg over. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he puts Goldberg over, right? At that point, you say, Hogan, you did, you've done your service to us. This is a business. You can have a bunch of money, but you can't have creative control. Yeah. And that would have been a deal breaker for Hogan. Probably he would probably gone home. Uh, so I actually pulled up his contract here, uh, and it's 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 a doozy of one. Uh, if I can find what I did with it, man, why did I not keep that up somewhere? Is this it? Here, no, that's that's a bunch of cheetah coloring book pages. Uh, let's see here, Hulk Hogan, nineteen ninety eight, WCW contract. Uh, here you go, Maxim has it, and this was leaked uh, about five years ago. Uh, so just just for signing the contract, he got $2 million. It was wow. a signing bonus. Uh, he got 15% of sales of every pay-per-view event uh, with a minimum guarantee of $675,000. Oh, my gosh. They were running monthly pay-per-views, right? Wow. That's about $6, 7000000 million right there. Hogan made 25% of gross ticket sales every time he, was, he wrestled at a Nitro, a Thunder, or a house show with a minimum guarantee of $25,000. Wow. Uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, so the contract granted WCW rights to use the Hogan's name and image on promotional products, but it explicitly allowed him to independently use his name wherever he wanted. So, uh, and it said, and this is in the contract, and likeness to promote pasta, pasta restaurants, sandwiches, and suntan oil. So evidently those are the things that he wanted to do himself. Interesting. Uh, every time he wore an NWO shirt on TV or in photo shoots, he'd get twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, this is small beans, but he got one hundred and seventy-five dollar per diem for traveling with the WCW. That's like nothing. Yeah. It's not that um, and then, of course, uh, creative control. Wow, that's like have, the worst contract ever. Did he have? Did he have a base salary on top of all that, or is it just appearance based? Uh, seemingly, I think it's just a, it was appearance based. All right. Uh, but holy crap. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Plus creative control. That's insane. Plus creative control, man. Uh, next up, Tim Morris has a text question. Um, he asks, how long do you think it'll be before Roman feels it's safe enough to come back to wrestle again? Considering it could be well over a year before we see a vaccine for COVID-19. I would think. See, the problem is they're in Florida, and uh, and they're not doing a whole lot of the, the the necessary work to make sure that it's safe to to do anything there. Um, I would think that you would either need, uh, you know, uh, easy test kits that mm-hmm. just make sure everybody tests before they go into the facility before they're allowed mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. Like a fifteen minute test kit. You have a little tent mm-hmm. set up. Uh, or there's a vaccine. I, I don't think you can run any risk at all, whatsoever. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there can't be a, a, any risk involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, his health has to come first. I'm sure he's made a, a good chunk of change from WWE. Um, Some money, I would assume, be no issue in the short term. Um, he just needs to look out for himself. Yep. Um, and so he should. I would anticipate that he would probably take his time. Uh, he understands the magnitude of what's going on, um, and he there's no reason for him to rush back None. the long a hey, dude the longer you're gone the bigger the response you'll get when you return mm-hmm. maybe he can get creative control clause in his contract too there you go uh next up patrick sparks what actual wrestler's life would you compare the movie the wrestler to uh you go first oh rick flair okay i feel like rick flair it is it, like he would just said what at the was it was a crown royal no the one before that last fall where they have a team Flair versus team Hogan, that tag match. 
like that he was cleared for bumps mm-hmm. so soon after having that, you know, like that huge health scare. Yeah. And kind of the general theme of the wrestler is uh, Ray of the Rams willing to die to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of feel like that might be the same with Ric Flair. I wonder. So to me, elements of the day to day and like his Randy, the Rams fictional history yeah. feels like Jake, the snake to me. Totally. Totally. Because, you know, there is he, he, he participated in like his universe's version of WrestleMania mm-hmm. on the grand stage. So I was thinking maybe Savage, but Savage made a ton of money. I'm not sure if Jake ever had that one big payday like so yeah, many others so. did. I don't think so. We like by the about time that, that feud he's supposed to have with Hogan and, and they had the turn on him and, and Vince is like, this is going to be huge. He comes backstage. It's not happening. You know, and but Jake like, said that was supposed to be his huge payday. Yeah. Even when people were cashing in big time uh, with uh, WWF and uh, WCW, mm-hmm. you know, those wrestlers they were getting the big guarantees. You know, he showed up a little earlier in 96. I don't think he got a big payday then. No, and he didn't show up. WWF, no. Yeah. And yeah. And then he didn't show up. And I don't think he wrestled in WCW after that, did he? No, I don't believe so. I don't think I don't he did. So. so I think he missed out on like the big paydays, those big Hogan paydays. Yeah. Um, you know, because he was probably all messed up or something. And so when you see Randy the Ram in the in the trailer and, you know, and 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 I don't think Jake was ever on steroids, but Randy or the Ram was. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, it's it's like an amalgam of a bunch of them. But thematically, I see where you're coming with the Ric Flair reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, get the, you get the feeling that Ric Flair, I don't think he would actually risk life or death being in the ring. Uh, but I don't I don't think it's a stretch to imagine a world where he could. But of the two of them, who's most likely to be working at a deli? Oh, Jake! <laughs> you want some cheese? You want some cheese, lady Caesar? You want to sow some salad out there, Caesar? <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> uh, Luis arises next. Should NXT be included in the Money in the Bank ladder match, or would be better if they had their own? All right, same time, Steve. Ready? One, two, three. Yes. Their own? Yes. Sorry, let's do it oh, again. Their own? Yes. Oh yeah, no, they should. They should be in the Money in the Bank ladder match, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. absolutely. Yes. Yeah, they should be in the one on the on the pay per view, not their oh, own. Oh, I said their own. I meant yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you did say their own. I'm like, are you? It's different than what your answer is written down. I can see your answer. Yeah. No. And stop being half in. Here's the great thing about. Here's one of the okay things. It this has truly leveled the playing field between main roster and NXT now because they're all wrestling in the same place. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so it's like and based on the raw ratings that just came out, they're pretty close to uh, having the same numbers too. Shit, what is it? I didn't even see. It averaged one point nine. Oh, it sucks. That's why. In the end, it just sucks. It does suck. Uh, one final text question from uh, Dwayne Huff. Uh, he says, "Assuming that things go back to normal soon, does WB go to Saudi Arabia? I think even though they have a ten-year deal, I don't think they do. Uh, they need money." Um, that's plainly evident, um, uh, given the, the losses from WWE or sorry from WrestleMania, whatever they're going to lose from canceling live events. Um, the Saudi Arabian shows—that's uh, a huge payday for the company. Um, and when they're in a like, even when they're going, things are going well for them financially. They were going over there. Right now, things are not going well for them financially. So the first opportunity they get to go over there to get that massive, massive check, they are going to do it. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I just wonder if that deal is uh, is solid anymore, man. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. I don't but know yeah, dude, if they can, if if Saudi Arabia, if they for whatever reason, assuming they're taking this thing seriously too, mm-hmm. they've got all these you know sheltering orders too. If they for whatever reason fast track things, and they have a big arena thing, Vince is gonna jump on it. He'll be like, "Hey, can we always if he if he right now could have a venue with fans week to week, it doesn't matter where in the world it was, he would do it. You'd have to consider it. He'd totally. You'd have or to consider. He would it. he would consider. He wouldn't have he wouldn't have to consider it because he shouldn't be doing shows in the first place right now, but I would assume he would consider it. Yes. He would totally consider it, dude. Yep. Yep. Anyways, that's it. That's all. all right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, hey man, I hope there's no hard feelings with the whole NWO Austin uh, thing. No, I got I got to sleep on it. I don't know. Really? Is this the end of going in raw? Are we no longer an essential business? To, is this no longer an essential relationship? Essential friendship? I don't know, man. I'm confused about a lot of things right now. 
I've, I haven't left my house in weeks, really. Uh, 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 the walls are they're they're coming in on me. I, I I need some clarity right now, so let me sleep on it. I'll we'll talk about it tomorrow. Okay? Hey man, hey man, I love you. Just know that I'm always here for you. Okay. All right, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time, we'll talk to you later. I love you too. Bye. Ah. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.